Welcome to the Conduit Deeper Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series. From current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. And welcome to the Deeper Podcast this week. Um, it's weird because Mo is in exile. Uh, he has been exiled. They're calling it a sabbatical. Uh, he's getting a month off, which um, it, it could be fun. So so those of you who don't know, Mo's wife is a, a certified personal... Tra- what is she, Micah? Micah's trainer. trainer. So she's a trainer. So Mo, for sabbatical, has decided what would be a great idea would be to uh, work out with his wife every day for the next 30 days. So um, I feel like he's misunderstood the idea of sabbatical. Um, but, uh, but we're, you know, we're, 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 big. <laughs> we're thinking that it's going to be swole with Mo, man. So by the time he gets back, uh, I'm expecting to see some abs, and I'm expecting to see uh, the beginnings of a bicep popping out of there. So anyway, we miss Mo. And uh, it's, it's me uh, on the solo today, but... The best part is that I'm not alone because if you were here on Sunday, you guys know Nicole Smith was with us with Dignity Defense Institute. And the thing about something like what Nicole is doing with uh, Dignity Defense is that we had like 10 minutes on Sunday, um, but this is like not a 10-minute uh, problem that she's solving. So Nicole is here, and part of why I had her on Sunday, part of why she's here. You know, one of the things we talk about at Conduit that we want to inspire you, it's Hebrews 10.24. When you come together, inspire one another to love and to good deeds. That's what Paul said. In, you know, when the, the whole passage about uh, forsaking not the assembling yourselves together, there's a question of, well, why do we come together? Was it just to sit here and sing good songs and great, great things to do? But that's, he tells us why. Now we're here. Inspire one another to love, to good deeds. And so... That's why we had Nicole. That's why we do a lot of the mission stuff. And a lot of stuff we focus on is, is definitely globally. But locally, we have so many opportunities to be investing of ourselves, to be uh, inspiring people. And I hope that some of you that listened on Sunday uh, and now that you're going to listen here are going to hear what Nicole is doing. And she's going to tell you ways that you can get involved with what she's doing. And I hope that some of you are inspired uh, to get involved with that. So, Nicole, with Dignity Defense, um, thank you for being with us here at the the Deeper Podcast. You're welcome. (laughs) My question, Nicole, is this, though. Um, I I tried, uh, obviously, in a 10-minute window, but can you, for anyone just listening, what is it that Dignity Defense Institute is like let's at least start with answering that question and then we'll go from there well a lot of the issues that uh, we feed into and we support um, in society to try to make change for good tend to be based around um, or birth from or produce from the idea that we don't really see each other fully as humans and That is sort of what is creating a lot of these issues and demands for things like abortion, sex trafficking, um, human rights violations around the world, um, all of that sort of thing. So, so right. So you talk about sex trafficking. One of the reasons that exists is we don't see each other as fully human, as the dignity of humanity. Yeah. I mean, when you, from a male perspective, when you're uh, engaging in... Um, the sale of a person, when you're purchasing uh, another human person for the purpose of a fulfillment, uh, you are not seeing that person as a person. You're seeing that as a means to an end. But also it's demeaning and dehumanizing to you because it's just about a transaction that you're not controlling. You can't control yourself. You're not able to. And so society that or parts of society that are feeding into or creating porn or pornography and that sort of thing are feeding off of your part, your part of yourself as a male that essentially dehumanizes you. And then in turn, you dehumanize that person that you're purchasing. Right. And so people uh, for sure do not, especially when you speak about pornography, uh, sex trafficking, sex workers, mm-hmm. um, don't think of it in terms of the dignity of, in fact, it's, uh, well, I, I heard a, a, an interview with somebody and I cannot remember who said it, 
but she said it with a straight face. She's talking about that we need to do ethically sourced porn. Like that was the idea of ethically sourced porn. Yeah. (laughs) And, and it just seemed like this complete misunderstanding of how, a, how males are created and wired in in the fallen world. But then the reality of how women uh, most times end up in those places. Um, Something that I don't know if you, you, of course you know this, Nicole, but, um, some of the places like say like the Dominican Republic we'll use that as an example uh, people talk a lot about Haiti and the Dominican and how Dominican has done so much better financially and all that and those are yeah. all true mm-hmm. the downside of that is because the Dominican has done better it's a vacation place and one yeah. of the uh, most sex trafficked places in the Caribbean is the Dominican Republic because people who have money are coming there. Are coming mm-hmm. there, yeah. And and you still have an enormous amount of poverty, and you end up with young girls who are being bought and sold uh, because they have no other choices financially. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, and I, I don't mean to get off on a political. Maybe I do get off on a political tangent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was there uh, four years ago with Bob and Dana Gresh. Um, uh, Dana travels the country with uh, Secret Keepers. Is that, is that the name of her ministry out of State College, Pennsylvania? I think it was uh, Secret Keepers. or it, It's a ministry for Dana. If you're listening to this, I am so embarrassed that I'm not getting your ministry name right. Bob and Dana travel the country fighting on behalf of, of keeping young girls uh, sexually pure, helping mm-hmm. them to fight yeah. against the culture. But we're in the Dominican uh, specifically working with pastors and leaders fighting sex trafficking in the Dominican. Yeah. And uh, this was during the Obama administration. And why this is important was uh, the Obama administration had uh, an ambassador. You can look this up. This is 100% true. An an ambassador to the Dominican Republic from the United States who was openly gay and married. And the the reason that's important is that he was telling, the, the Obama administration was telling the Dominican that if you will change your definition of marriage, we will financially help you to fight sex trafficking in your country Nice. And the Dominican Republic government said, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what that left it up to was the churches, again, don't, you've got a, 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 a presidential administration shoving. So you talk about public policy. This yeah, is what's, why I'm bringing this up. A public policy that was brought to uh, the Dominican whose culture said this was not right. Um, but now we're withholding money and helping because they won't accept our culture's definition of marriage yeah. and left it up to, and by the way, left it up to the churches or whoever would fight for it. So, you know, God bless Bob and Dana Gresh, uh, Bob, uh, their, their ministry uh, and in a minute. Just Google, if you're looking for Dana Gresh, D-A-N-N-A-H Gresh, G-R-A-S-H Gresh. <laughs> I swear I'm just drinking coffee. I kept like I'm slurring my words. Um the, the, but their ministry there was helping the pastors and leaders to fight that in their country. And the point is, is that so that's just one element of it. Absolutely. But policies were formed, not based um, they're based on what the view of uh, the human dignity is. Yeah, absolutely. So the idea that we have, you know, these organizations that are fighting really, really hard to make it so that um, women aren't trafficked. Imagine if we had an organization coming in before that and really trying to rewire and put back to center a culture um, that does devalue life so that you have less demand on those organizations. That's the idea of Dignity Defense is to actually be... So any of these conversations we're having surrounding, um, you know, abortion or sex trafficking, all these things... You know, it's kind of like going up a flight of stairs and they're starting on step three or four. You can reach there to go up to your destination, Mm. but it's really hard to like, it's a stretch, right? So a lot of the work that Mm. comes in advance of these organizations, we're meant to be that fill in the gap, right? to be an assistant to essentially um, lessen the demand that is placed because once people understand, okay... (laughs) It's probably not good to buy people because they're people, you right. know, um, then there's less of a demand on a lot of these organizations that are literally like finding these women in, you know, these warehouses that are taken out every single day and sold to men and put back in the, you know, these, these terrible situations that exist here in the United States where, we're affecting the culture that right. is feeding that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. And I guess that's, um, so for most people, 
And by most people, I would say Darren Tyler. Uh, I feel like I'm most people. I'm every woman, right? I'm every, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I see issues that are there. And, and we tend to, from, from the conduit side of things, react to the result of the, the policies. Absolutely. Or mm-hmm. lack of policies, for mm-hmm. that matter, that yeah. are there. So when it comes to even like what's happening with Afghanistan, where we're in there helping rescue people out of there, when it mm-hmm. comes to starvation in Nepal, we're sending money and food in to help them. These are all places, by the way, that once again, even within these in, in, uh, international places, once again, a definition of human dignity is not there. If you lock your people yep. inside their homes and let them starve to, get, uh, to death on their home to try to save them from uh, a, a virus, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> then you do not value human life. No. Uh, and by the way, that policy was first started in China. So if we're looking, that's where we took our lesson from. But back home, there are policies and things that are happening even here. Absolutely. And uh, for, we can react in ways, which by the way, I don't like. I don't mean to minimize that type of reaction where those that are rescuing girls who are absolutely currently, right yeah absolutely you know operation um and slavery now like that's here uh but we have a we have a detective from brentwood police department in our church family adrian breedlove dr oh, wow. Bre- oh, yeah. oh, dr breedlove dr breedlove i've just promoted him detective <laughs> breedlove but that's one of uh that's one of adrian's uh, like pride and joys is when he you know breaks up these sex trafficking rings in yeah, brentwood absolutely. people don't know that in nashville yeah one of the uh, the biggest, you know, the, the highways that are going through here. Are, yeah. So that's a, uh, what Adrian is doing, what uh, end slavery, uh, uh, th- this organization is doing. That is a good thing. But on the other side is this idea of how can we move the needle yeah. through policies, through laws, through, yeah. is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like coming at, um, from both sides of the mountain towards the peak. You've got those organizations that are really scaling hard with an, with a, a real problem that's in existence and they're tackling as it comes. And so from the education side, dignity defense is sort of rewiring the idea of dignity itself, really applying it in, to real issues today to today because the truth is as americans were really really cut off to the realities that we're faced yeah, in the world 100%. and it's not like we're we have a genocide like the nazis took out which was in front i mean even they did it behind closed doors but it, it was mass graves that are filled with dead bodies it's not like the kind that we experience here here in the united states which is it's done behind the closed doors and in pursuit of um an equal right right so that's mm-hmm. what abortion is it's very right. very quiet you know or like sex trafficking that it's done right here in these influential communities and people don't see it right you know it's it's very quiet so and then from the other side the policy side um essentially is kind of it's a stopgap so like today is a wonderful day for pro-life because it's the very first day that um basically uh abortion is outlawed in texas for a heartbeat today today so the heartbeat law passed yep and it's active today Today, Man, this is the first Governor day. Abbott. I know it was awesome, but the reality is, is that in Tennessee, uh, we were the most liberal um, in the entire United States as to abortion. We couldn't have any regulations on it until a few years ago, when we passed. Um, it was written into our constitution, so we had to actually put an amendment in our constitution in 2012. We succeeded in that, um, but we were a destination uh, state for abortion went because we had such no regulations, right? So Texas, unfortunately, is going to have an outflux of abortions and the states around it. People are going to find a way to abort is what I'm saying. Right. And, you know, it's a wonderful thing. But, you know, as Tennessee, we experienced that yeah. for a lot, a lot of years, um, which has always been so surprising to me that, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee was the literally the most yeah, you could couldn't. not have any <laughs> any regulations. Right. You couldn't even buy a lottery ticket up here until a few years ago. Yeah. Like yeah, it was yeah. So, you know, so yeah. conservative. I mean, but. yeah, like abortion clinics could not have any regulations on it whatsoever. Um, like they couldn't, Mm. they weren't even supposed to, they didn't even have to have, um, you know, um, a standard door to get people out of on a gurney if an abortion went wrong, you know, you can have no regulations on abortion. So we were the destination state. So what I'm saying from that perspective is that, you know, that education side is really trying to, to alleviate that demand so that 
People right. aren't going out and they are choosing life, but also to be that stopgap po- policy wise right. in the states and on the federal level. Yeah, so um, my, my question then is that like, so you're educating who? Educating politicians, go, educating people? Everyone. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is to all, all of culture needs it with that's on the grassroots level, the individuals. Mm-hmm. We want to assist organizations, but we also want to educate our uh, public officials who aren't always as savvy on on these ideas they seem really good they've got a lot of political backing but when you actually read these laws they're actually really terrible hmm. for dignity um so sort of going in and being that stopgap educating our public officials and then also trying to guide the and be a guiding force behind let's get good policies in here right that actually <laughs> And so the, part of the way that that might work is, can we say about Dr. Omar? Can we? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Dr. Omar, how do I say it? Hamada? Hamada. Hamada. I want to say, I want it to be Hamada. Yeah, he's, he's uh, Lebanese. Because he's Persian, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Or he's Lebanese yeah. or he's Persian? Yeah, he's Lebanese. Lebanese. Okay, well, Lebanese. Yeah. He's, uh, I, I, if, I, if I were doing a People's Magazine, uh, most beautiful uh, OBGYNs, is that what he's? He's an OBGYN. Well, yeah, he's, yeah, a, he's, a, he's a handsome <laughs> doctor, right? I can say that. I have an unblemished record of heterosexuality, but that man is a handsome doctor. Yes, he but, is. But, so here's a guy that is very well respected in his field. Um, and by the way, uh, if, you've not, if you're not following uh, Dr. Hamada on uh, on socials, you should. He's brilliant, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. and he's mm-hmm. hilarious, and he's true. He yeah. tells truth. Yeah, and he's on our board as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the so that, I guess when we say about educating them, um, like practically speaking, if this is the perfect world, like what does that look like? Does that look like you guys getting appointments with uh, like a politician or uh, or in, in group settings and like maybe Dr. Hamada is there with you or like what, what's the process look like? Well, from the public policy side, it, it is a lot like government affairs. You're going into these different areas. You're basically creating relationships. And um, when things come up, you can go in and affect it. Um, so our idea is really to be very holistic. Um, from all sides, we're partnering with science, medicine, philosophy, law, history, and experts in these fields like Dr. Hamada um, to really influence policy effectively from these people that understand as a physician, right. we should have laws that from a physician <laughs> that understand how this impacts the medical field right. and also actually defends dignity. So uh, we can do that through multiple ways. Like if there's a piece of legislation that's coming through that's destructive, we provide professional witnessing. Mm-hmm. So we go in and we're that source that's like, okay, no, we don't do that. This right. is bad. And this is the reason why uh, before Congress and in the state levels too, as you're well aware mm-hmm. that a lot of these powers are on the state level. Um, like um, the Constitution, obviously, unfortunately with Roe v. Wade, Right. And impacts, that's a floor, but the state can build on that. So like Tennessee was really, 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 really um, too much right, uh, too much law that blocked the regulations on the abortion industry and that kind of stuff. So, so let me ask you your personal opinion. This is, um, you've spent years in and around the field of working with public policy. Mm-hmm. You spent uh, some time with ACLJ, yeah. American Center for Law and Justice, members of the American Center. Uh, I've always wanted to be the voiceover for for Jay. Um, what's the best way? This is not the right question because this feels very extreme. So there's there seems to be fighting it through policy through passing laws. There seems yep. to be fighting it through the court systems. Yeah. There seems to be organizations like Save the Save the Storks. Save the Storks. Yeah. Um, which is hey, if you can't make it uh, illegal, make it unthinkable. Yep. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was a great idea. What do you think is the best way to move forward, just specifically as it relates to abortion and to children who are still inside their mother's womb? Like, what is the best way? Well, honestly, I really think it's it is this holistic approach that we're really trying to go towards, because that's that's the thing. My background is as a communication specialist, so I have a degree in law and public policy, a master's in law and public policy. I get out into the work world. I become a communication specialist. Not exactly how I thought I would be using my education, but I get with organizations like the ACLJ and many, many others. I actually did a lot of consulting over the years as well. So I've worked with a lot of different organizations and experiencing 
culture at every level from every angle all of these topics um the good the bad the ugly from literally even sides that we agree Mm -hmm. on and one of the biggest issues that i've seen is we we need a marrying of the mind and the heart interesting (laughs) yes um so when i work for the aclj it is a law firm there's a lot of stuff that um you know is very dry but it these ideas apply to a story, um, how they impact a person in their day-to-day life. And we need to marry those two ideas. So that from the communication specialist, we need to redirect our communications, our, our talking points, right? So like I said, the idea of going up a flight of stairs, that communication part we're trying to bridge that gap as well where we're like okay so if we're talking about slavery you know and it was terrible that here in america and the western slave trade that was rooted in an idea of racism right? right but little talked about is the fact that those uh, slaves were purchased from Africans that were engaging in a system of measurement called tribalism. And it was for the point of armament. They were an arms race with, so the two concepts of racism and tribalism are equally as evil, but it's actually not the source of the problem. Actually, the source of the problem goes a step below that, which is they're allowing society to have the right to measure a person's value. Wow. That's actually what it's rooted in. It's not just racism, it's not just tribalism, it's society has that right. It shouldn't have that right. It never should have had that right. Right. That, that's so, that, so when you say it that way, that actually gives me interesting insight into what we're experiencing in Asia with freeing slaves yes. from brick kilns. Yeah. Um, because we hear that here, by the way, and we're horrified by it. Horrified enough that people are literally giving their own money to free them. Yeah. But in Asia, they don't, it literally doesn't occur to them because it's part of their culture yeah. that they are not worth, especially the Christians who are in slavery. Yeah. Like it's, they, it, they don't have that view of human dignity to them. And so yeah. because of that, they are, they're now as a sliding scale of humanity and they are the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And of course, right next door in India, and the caste system, which most people would know about, but I mean, it's genuinely, I remember, Nicole, the first time I was in India with uh, American missionaries, mm-hmm. and we were sitting in somebody's apartment, and some uh, some locals came in and sat, but they sat on the floor, mm-hmm. and they sat on the floor because they're a lower caste than the, than the, the mm-hmm. missionaries who were sitting up there, and um, and the missionary didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, but what do we do? He's like, well, it's cultural. I'm like, no, that's no, not, no. that's sin. Like, yeah, that's yeah. like, you know, get him on the couch. I bought the couch. Like our church bought the couch. Let him sit on the, you know, yeah, yeah. freaking couch. Um, but it was an interesting dynamic. But but the thing was, is I, I remember later I kind of repented because it's like, uh, it's part of their culture. And so he was so, they were so used to that. They didn't want to rock the culture. Yeah. But me going, okay, what are the things in our culture that are that way where we are doing that? And absolutely, I would put abortion in that. And you can't not put pornography in that. And part of me wonders if the generation that's coming, you know, Micah's age and younger, Micah's a a ripe old, 20 years old, um, is a generation right now, and my son would be part of that, where they look at that and they see, like they can see on a sonogram. Yeah. That's not a globular bunch of cells. That yeah. thing has a heartbeat. And Science uh, reinforces yes. that dignity exists. Yeah. Because if it doesn't exist at the point a unique set of DNA exists, then yeah. essentially you're endowing a society with the right to measure someone's worth. Because essentially, you know, if you draw any line beyond the point of a unique DNA being created, essentially you're saying, okay, well, let's argue this out. Well, if you have to have a discussion about it, then that's you getting the right to choose when a human life exists and at what level of value it has. So um, I was listening to um, one of my favorite liberal podcasts, uh, 
I don't know why I do this to myself because it just annoys me. But then I'm like, but I'm educated. I feel like, anyway, I spent a lot of time yelling at my uh, my iPhone. <laughs> but Radiolab, which um, has become more and more and more progressive narrative and not science um, in, mm-hmm. in on all truth. But the August 20th episode, 2021, August 20th, um, was it's called Everybody's Got One. And it was talking about a placenta. And the funny thing about a placenta is that, you know, it, it doesn't a placenta sound like something that not, would not be nearly as interesting as you think it is, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. which is true. It's actually way more interesting than I yeah. thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And they're literally talking about language. Um, and it's funny, they're being, they're being super PC. So they're like, they're saying, well, because some people don't identify as a female that, that are still moms, we're just going to call it the birth person or, you know, yeah, oh, mm. but while talking about this, saying that the placenta's job is to defend the fetus, the unborn child, they would not say that language, of course, yeah, yeah. because it is, quote, a foreign body. It does not belong to the body. It's a foreign body. So the placenta's job is to defend it so that the human, the mom's cells do not attack yeah. the baby. I'm like, because it's it's a def, it's separate. Like, I'm yeah, literally yeah. yelling at my phone. Well, you guys are saying it right there that yeah. that is not. Because as a female... Like as a female, I have the ability to create human beings. Yeah. That's incredibly powerful. And my uterus, things that's exact purpose of my uterus. Yeah. It has no other purpose but to create human people. Yeah, they're not decorative, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not. And they yeah. sure cause a lot of heartache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at least for me anyway. Um my wife doesn't listen to this, so I guess I could say that. Uh but I, I'm literally like the 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 incongruity and the inco- you know I think that like this next generation, I don't know, maybe there'll be the generation that would end abortion in our country because, you know, people look back now and see what happened uh, in Germany and think, wow, how did anybody ever see that and let that happen? Oh, I know. I know. And, you know, should Jesus, Terry, should he, whatever, and we're here for another hundred years. Maybe there'll be a season where we will look back on the season and say, man, how did we ever, I know. ever and do we that? Will. Yeah, I, I, I believe, I believe it. Yeah. And well, it's going to happen, honestly, because you guys, people like you, uh, Nicole is significantly younger than me. Um, the, your generation coming up, the Joseph and the Judah generations, when you go back to a series we did way back in May, uh, speaking truth in a way that is... Uh, like in the eighties, we did what we thought we were supposed to do. Like, you know, protesting in front of, uh, and by the way, you know, our, again, ACLJ, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I remember that's asking, how they got their start. I remember asking Pam. So we have mutual friends there, Jay and Pam Seculo, uh, when they were in Atlanta and I hope I don't butcher this story, but I think this is how I remember it. Um, that she was protesting with some friends, uh, and they were getting arrested. And the, the thing was, is the Supreme Court had, had contacted uh, Jay and said, we need you to bring this case because we want to hear this case about protesting yeah. in front mm-hmm. of. Super-. And I remember I was asking Pam, like, what were you thinking? I'm trying to think my wife. Hey, Shannon, oh, could, yeah. you, could you stop by and protest uh, at this abortion clinic so that uh, you can get arrested uh, <laughs> before you pick up Ethan from school, yeah, yeah, <laughs> from yeah. preschool? Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, what, like, what were you thinking? She's like, well, I was thinking was. I don't know who's going to get Logan from school. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't yeah, know who's yeah. going to pick up the kids. I got to figure that out. So, you know, she gets arrested, goes before the Supreme Court. And, you know, it was a nine to zero victory, if I remember right. Like yeah, there was yeah. no wiggle room that they mm-hmm. had the freedom to do that. So freedom of speech, 100%, that was the win. And yet it has not moved the needle. Protesting it has not moved the needle. And it does seem like, you know, on the one hand, we're in a fallen world and a sinful world. And so, you know, there is a, there is a nihilistic part of me that thinks maybe it will never but there's this other hopeful part of uh, of kingdom coming to earth and and Jesus people in places of of of, uh, of you know of, of influence. Yeah. That maybe we could yeah. move the needle. If, if nothing else, like I, I mean, I, I liked the idea of what the save uh, save the storks people were talking about, which is make it unthinkable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you can't. Well, and I, I I remember having a conversation with a coworker quite a few years ago about um, the futility of some of these things. Like, why would you even do it? I said, well, God kind of makes some people for the purpose of fighting yeah. the unwinnable. Yeah. And yeah, that's good. You that's know, a- and and as an organization, we understand that the only way to true restoration is through Christ. Yeah. <laughs> eternally. But right now, there are hundreds of thousands of children that are killed every day. There are hundreds of thousands yeah. of uh, little girls that are taken and, you know, sold into sex trafficking and put up on porn sites. And there's a ton of just examples throughout yeah. everyday life 
even here in the United States, even in Europe where they feel like they're isolated. But if you just had a marrying of the mind and the heart, communicate from a holistic perspective of that step down, like we need to get down just a few steps below where we're at to redefine what that conversation is looking like. Yeah. So that when I go and I people ask me what I do and I tell them about this organization, they don't blink at me about yeah. what is dignity. You're an adult person, you should understand what dignity is, that yeah. you are in possession of it. And that there is an ex- equal exchange of value between you and I, that mm-hmm. if your life is threatened, I should without a shadow of a doubt fight for that yes. because you are valuable. Yeah. Like you know, my, my parents uh, growing up, they did a lot of counseling and they, deal, they dealt with a lot of at-risk youth. And my mother in particular really worked uh, with a lot of young girls. Mm-hmm. And they're coming out of these bad situations in which it's a perpetual state of abuse. They've been abused because their parents were abused. And they, they're in this age where they're not quite able to become the aggressor. Mm-hmm. They're still being abused, but they enter into the cycle of abuse towards themselves right right and you know when you're counseling someone you have to first go okay you i understand that you've been treated like trash like you are subhuman everything in your existence has told you that you are not of equal worth that you are not Hmm. worth it right you have to reset that person's mind and go you are incredibly valuable you are worth fighting for, for yourself, but also for those around you. Because when you grow up, you're going to have children. You're going to have a family that you're surrounded with. You're going to have a job Mm -hmm. where you see, you know, there, there's, there's, you're not an island. Your, your decisions impact others and you are worth fighting for. So I really learned that lesson a lot from my kids. I mean, my, my parents, impacting these young kids um and really that's what we need as a society is yeah. to reteach that you are Im- immeasurably valuable every single person so and that's something that um in fact this week i'm gonna i'm gonna really hammer it home from romans 2 but that idea that humans are valuable is not self-evident in nature Mm-mm. Uh, it's certainly not evident in science. Yeah. And so the it's so it's a belief. Mm-hmm. Like it's a belief. Um, and, I, and I've had conversations with my agnostic friends, my atheist friends, my like. But but where do you base it on? Oh well, it's a vested interest. Yeah. It's yeah, say self. More about pre- that. It's it's about self preservation. Yeah. So a lot of the reason why we try to want to organizationally tap into history is really to look back and say, hey, <laughs> when you give a society the right to measure human worth, they do terrible things, immeasurably terrible things, mm. and to you, like it it makes no it doesn't just dis- it. Dis- like to everyone and yeah. history has shown it doesn't really matter whether it's by tribe by race by sex by socioeconomic background by disability by whatever right history shows that it will come for you yeah and especially from an atheistic perspective you know your paradise is the essentially what you leave behind right right um for your children and your grandchildren you're not going to be here for it but you're trying to make a better world and if it doesn't impact you today, it does impact your children. Right. It does impact your grandchildren, you know. So, yeah. And if you base it on it from that perspective, because it is true. I was literally just yesterday reading um, some of the future, in, like in the next, before the next century, mm-hmm. um, because of policies and whatever, China's population will actually decline in the next 100 years. Mm-hmm. But India's population, on the other hand, <laughs> is probably going to double. To like two billion people, like it's an uh, it's an amazing idea. Uh, and by the way, one of the things when you see what China is doing right now, one of the things they're trying to do is they they're they're sort of recognizing their uh, their position. And by the way, the reason their population is staying steady or declining is because they have uh, very much decided that there is human worth based upon uh, some. You know, nebulous system, yeah, yeah. you know, Absolutely. and they're trying to make it even less nebulous now with their, mm-hmm. you know, their social, uh, you, you get your score. Oh yeah. You get a score, which was just like, what? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you is sh- nobody is nobody like noticing that this is the one of the worst things that you've ever heard. Yeah. And there and you know and meanwhile you know John Cena is apologizing in Chinese. Did you see this? No, no. Oh yeah. So so John Cena. By the way, love when John was Cena. This? this was like two months ago. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe well, a month didn't, ago. When did they expand to their three child? They did uh, that this month, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they yeah. just expanded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to three. Ch- oh. Thank so, you so much. <laughs> so Cena is in an interview talking uh, about something, and he makes a comment that's uh, I, I actually I think it was just recognizing uh, Hong Kong as a country. Or, yeah. You know, and which, of course, China is like freaking out. Like, oh, yeah. They're yeah. like blasting him. And, uh, and here's the thing. Like the last Fast and the Furious uh, movie did 130 or 150 million. Mm-hmm. 120 million of it was in China. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So within a couple of days, you can Google this. It's out there. You see John Ch- uh, Cena. Um, apologizing to China in Mandarin, fluent Mandarin. Okay, yeah, I don't doubt it. John Cena, right? The professional wrestler apologizing, literally rolled over to apologize to China, like there's some kind of human rights, you know, bastion oh or whatever. Gosh. But, um, but they're for the money of it. You know, he's he's doing what he's got to do, yeah, yeah. what he wants, and whatever. He's got no morals with it. But you know, our country right now, looking at China and taking any cues from a country that's got two million. Uyghur Muslims in prison camps. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's easier to shake your fist at a country like Iran that hangs the bodies of Christians off of booms. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. It's it's really hard when you're like, ooh, they're so nice. It's like clean, yeah. and they're they they say nice things, you know. But, yeah. but no, John Cena they doesn't do have to. <laughs> and John Cena doesn't have to apologize to Iran because they, they didn't. They're not yeah, watching yeah. his movies. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the 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 idea of dignity in that um, for us. To, to me, one of the, the most basic tenets of the, the Christianity provides for us that no other world religion provides is the basis for human worth. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, John three sixteen, right? That whoever would believe in him would not perish, have everlasting life. There is no other religion, no other form of faith that says that God loved me and you so much, viewed us all as valuable as the other. That he would send his son to die yeah. for us. Yeah. And with equal inheritance that yes. when we go, there is no hierarchy. There is a, of, you know, how much you earned your way in, whether you're a male or a female. All, a lot of these world religions that do that, it's it's fully embraced because we are his image bearers, both yes. men and women, equally yes. bearing his, whether you're, no matter your race, no matter where you, he placed you in this world. Yeah. And to that end, I can't. My friends who are agnostic cannot use their worldview to prove that. No. They have to say that it's a belief. And if they're very honest with themselves, they cannot say that it's based on science. It cannot be based on nature. Yeah. And so it's just a belief. And yeah. so, by the way, when they say that they can say their belief, but I can't talk about my belief, yeah. that's crazy talk because that's their belief. And my belief says that humans are valuable and that there's proof because God loved them so much that he would die for them, that God would come to us. Yes, and the idea that they stand on is an idea that essentially says that our feelings dictate our truths, right? Right, Which means that that truth has existed throughout time and space, which means that slavery is okay. It was okay then, it's okay now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay to terrorize women and children because it was okay then, it's okay now. And only society and culture, as it moves and changes, is what dictates truth, which means all of those atrocities that even you would look on as an atrocity, it's really okay. Yeah. It's okay. It must be. Like if, if, if nature is the rule, the strong eat the weak is nature. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yep. And so if the strong eat the weak and nature is your law, then we ought to save our money and let the Taliban do what they're going to do because yeah. they're strong. It's pop. It's population control after all. Y- yes. Yes. And it's, and that's what abortion. And that's a lot of people stand on that. What? Like. Yeah. You, to say abort- that, like, yes. that's saying the quiet part out loud, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where where they say, okay, you know, we're uh, we have too many people on Earth, so abortion really helps population and control, and actually helps our demand on our school systems and it, and on our prison systems. Yeah. You know. I think the one thing that uh, my, especially the last year, for sure, the realization of how many of my friends that were liberal slash progressives um, were actually uh, totalitarians. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because and not all of them, by the way. I have some uh, some great friends who would, who would go to progressive ideas, and they would stand on things like freedom of speech, things that you yeah, and I would agree yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- you know, things in seeking truth, which you and I would agree on. Yeah. Um, they may not, we may not come to the same conclusion as truth, but at least that's yeah. what the search is. But for the there is a large, large at least they're the, I don't know if it's the largest percentage, but they're certainly the ones with the loudest microphone. Yeah, and, and let's say it's only ten percent or twenty percent. If they're the most violent. And that world wins. Do the other 50% of the uh, liberals that are really kind, yeah. do they win in that? No, they no, don't. Of course they don't. they don't. The totalitarians win. Because well, that's in, usually how all ideologies work. It's always yeah. the ones that are the most violent that end up. Somebody did not turn his phone off. I wonder who that was. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, the, 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 the idea of dignity defense um, this has actually been really fun. I don't know if anybody else will enjoy this. <laughs> this is what we call the Enneagram Five Hole. The idea of dignity defense. Okay, we're defending the idea of dignity itself. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think to the next year uh, of, of of this organization of what you're doing, like what's the next thing that you want to get done? And like by this time next year, you look back, hey, I would love to have accomplished this. Yeah. So um, one of the big things from the education side has been I'm wanting to launch a variety of different campaigns. Um, one of the major one is a human humanization campaign. And so we take a lot of these topics, right, from mm-hmm. the science, medicine, philosophy, law, and all of these experts come in, they answer these questions. Um, that that's a big part of our education, but we also want to take in um, people that uh, are impacted in a way from, like, say, somebody from the disability community. That um, within the womb, it's questionable whether they're they're worth something because you can abort based on a disability, and showing their their humanity and what they are, or somebody from a different culture that is a minority faith and maybe Iran or the Sudan that experienced dehumanization under a culture that says they're lesser because of their religious association and right. essentially take these groups um, of people and kind of shine a light on how people can be dehumanized um, in various different cultures, including our own. Right. Yeah. What does that look like? Does that look like uh, creating content that is available online? Does yeah. it look like classrooms? Uh, yeah. And, and it's a variety of things. Uh, we actually want to um, start coordinating with uh child-based curriculums as well um, and doing it more in a traditional format but a lot of it and that's my big background is in digital communications anyway so really touching um, a lot of different people mm-hmm. with minimal effort um, can actually like it's a world of good i know those tools are used for a lot of evil but they can actually be wielded for good surprise surprise um, but um yeah also just you know, tackling those, those, uh, reprogramming yeah. <laughs> type, type education pieces, um, in this next year. So, um, one of the things that we have seen personally, when you're speaking of digital communications and telling stories about it too, is that in, in real time, you know, one of, it's one of the things that saved the storks has done was say that, um, and I don't remember the number, but there's a, there's a fairly large number of, of girls who will actually not go through with an abortion if they just see yeah. the, the, the image of their child. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had the privilege this year of uh, a conduit. We work with uh, the Crisis Pregnancy Center in uh, Spring Hill. Yeah. And have done, uh, this year we helped build out their storage in the basement. But last year we bought a, we bought a, a sonogram for them, a digital yeah. s- a oh, sonogram. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I don't remember what it was, 15 or 20 grand or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but, they're, uh, they, they're, not, they're not giving them away, no, right? No, like, you no. can't really get one of those on Craigslist. But... Um, but that for us was a way of someone telling a story to an individual. Yeah. And I'm, I remember thinking that man, it would be great if there's a way to tell stories like this. Like, tell, yes. and I say tell the stories. I mean, I'm not talking like whatever. Maybe it is like that. But it's like when she sees the heartbeat of a child, there's a she just heard a story yeah. that there's a life in there. Yeah. 
And so I've wondered if there's a story, ways to tell those stories yes, online. Yes, absolutely. That, that's, that's a big part of what we're wanting to do is just bring to light, putting that head and the heart together, like I was saying, yeah. and showing real people that are impacted um, in this way. Actually, one of our board members, Victoria Robertson. Um, oh, yeah, this, yeah. She yeah. was the head of that for a while, right? Yeah, she, she, and she's starting her own organization. Oh, cool. It's called uh, Reassemble. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to look that up, she um, is essentially, she's an abortion survivor. Um, she has her own abortion story, but um, she's looking to serve families that have been impacted by right. abortion and that kind of stuff. So um, we're wanting to tell those stories, too. Um, there's so many stories to be told yeah. that, that really can be grounded in these um, more cerebral concepts of, hey, it's a really bad idea. The, these yeah. are the stories that tell it, but it's a really bad idea for really solid reasons, too. Yeah. Not just not just the story, but, you know, yeah. the head actually says... <laughs> This is bad, you know, yeah. to do these things. So, you know, I had a, um, I won't say her name. There's a young lady that I have uh, known in Haiti since she was five. Mm-hmm. My family and I have sponsored her. Um, many of the kids on that respond, but she's one that's that's held pretty special place in, in my heart. And she had um, had gotten ill, and so we managed to get her to the Dominican because the Dominican yeah. has better health care or whatever. And at 21 years old, now 22 years old, mm-hmm. um, she was, uh, I don't, maybe saying assaulted is not the right word, but she was uh, s- certainly taken advantage of sexually mm-hmm. and found herself uh, pregnant. Yeah. And, uh, and and what I'm so proud of her is that, so in, in the Dominican, abortion is actually illegal. Yeah. Um. So good for the, for the yeah, Dominican. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but just like anything, when it's illegal, there's a way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she was being pressured by her friends, by her. And she had, she was too, and I felt bad because she was too ashamed to tell me. She was oh. too ashamed. She hadn't told her mom. Mm. She didn't want to tell her dad because she was afraid her dad, and she's probably right because her dad's, uh, he's a wild man. He'd probably kill this guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't blame him. I'd probably go there and do it with him. But um, so she didn't tell anybody. But while the pressure was happening uh, of it, she somehow knew that that wasn't right. Knew that she and she yeah. just support. She has nothing, no money, nothing. She's yeah. literally living as an immigrant inside of uh, the Dominican, there for healthcare reasons, for completely different reasons. Yeah. Uh, she's there now, yeah. and now she's pregnant. But you know, they, they treat um, people talk about how bad Americans treat immigrants, and there's some some validity in some of that. But I'm telling you, if you've ever been in other countries, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and watch it, it's like wow, they mm-hmm. you know they treat them bad, bad. Mm-hmm. And so, but but I was so proud of her, and I've and I wish I knew her language. I wish I knew Creole. I know I know just enough Creole to get me in in, yeah. in trouble. Um, <laughs> but just to ask her like where that came from, because she was born and raised in the church. She's born, but somehow she knew that even though I can't provide for this child, even though this child's life is not promised a very good life here. Yeah. That this is not that the, the, I can't kill this baby. And I yeah. was so like, I'm thinking, I wonder where she came through that. And I, I have to believe that it's because she was born and raised in a Christian setting and yeah. where she heard the Bible every Sunday yeah. uh, and, and knew that something, by the way, that not a lot of Haitians know. And that's that every, every life is valuable. That's yeah. also something that's not evident in a, just in the Haitian airport. It's not evident yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that all lives are valuable. <laughs> the way that They treat people in the parking lot. It's yeah, evident yeah. that they're mm-hmm. not. And so I, and I wish that um, somebody told me once, like they, they said a joke, like you'd have to, this is so obvious, you'd have to go to college to misunderstand it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You'd have to be so educated to misunderstand this. It's so yeah, simple. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she understood that. Yeah, absolutely. So the question, uh, last question really is this, how can people, uh, so it's dignitydefense.org. Yep. Okay, get that right, dignitydefense.org. Yep. By the way, the fact that that URL was available. I know. Um, there's, there's a gun, there's a gun company that, that, that has the same similar branding, but I was surprised I didn't try to, to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's appropriate, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Part of me was like the fact that it's available just shows that like yeah uh, I know actually is that not... really is not discussed it's yeah. and you know I'm not the smartest person out there trust me I it's just been so surprising to me that this is not something that really a lot of smarter people than I have tackled yeah. like that haven't realized this angle but I think it was more of a God thing because I've had ten years yeah. observing all of these ideas 
all of these organizations, um, the successes and the failures in these organizations and these groups and these ideas. Right. I mean, I, I, I've been behind a computer for a long time. I'll just say that, but yeah, I thought that that's one of the yeah. things that I actually am intrigued by what you do that I think puts you in a very unique position because you've been on the front lines of seeing what messaging works and what doesn't work. Yes. And by the way, that's a pretty specific skill set that you can, you know, you, you're not going to learn that at the university. You only learn yeah. that by sitting there. Yeah, you know, digging in yeah, and, dig- and definitely digging in. Yeah, um, yeah. it's it's funny how God just guides you down certain paths. I really thought I was going to be an attorney and... Um, but the thing is, I'm, I'm a half creative, half analytical and really landing in this, this realm was, you know, obviously God puts you places and he knows you best. Right. So even if, even if you're fighting against it, uh, he knows best. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I'm familiar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the God gave me this mission and I'm like, God, are you sure? Because I don't have all of these degrees to to ground me in authority what the world would dictate as the appropriate authority in these areas but uh, i think um thomas soul once said there's a lot of really dumb ideas that come from come from a lot of smart people that's very very roughly paraphrased (laughs) but um yeah a lot of disastrous things have come from highly educated people Uh but the ideas that are coming from there's a lot more educated people in this realm than I think the media wants to give you give credit for. So people like Dr. Hamada um, and many others within the medical field and the scientific field, attorneys that are like, you know, uh, on fire fighting for these concepts, you know, right. Philosophy supports that history, all those things, you know, so there's a lot um, that can be done with this. Um, And so to that end with um, some of the best ways to help you right now, someone who started an organization myself when I was, uh, I was probably still older than you when I started it, but I was younger. Um, there are people that came alongside that were at the beginning that helped to propel me. Um, sometimes it was just because they were there that they're smart. In fact, one of them sitting right outside the door, Mike Howard, uh, who's our staff pastor. He was there. He was one of the first guys back 2007, right? Like that didn't think I was crazy, which sometimes that's all I needed to hear was like, you're not not crazy." crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I need that too. Yeah, right. I had, a, I had a pastor. I was trying to. I remember trying to explain what we were doing back in two thousand seven, eight, or I don't know, some some uh, a pastor friend of mine who shall mm-hmm. remain nameless, because um, he's a good guy and he loves the Lord. But I remember him saying, "Darren, you're going to give all your money to all those little black babies, and you're not going to have any left for your own church. You got to really think through what you're." Oh. In my mind, I'm thinking, "You just said that out loud. I yeah. don't think you meant it the way that that sounded." But yeah, filter. Uh, <laughs> But at the same time, I mean, I'm looking at the same spreadsheets he was looking at going, wow, he's got a point. Like, I, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't know how this works. Mm-hmm. Um, but having somebody on the other hand that could see that, hey, just because a church was always done this way doesn't mean that it's the way that uh, it has to be yeah. done or should be done. Yeah. Uh, and so guys like Mike Howard, I would say Tony and Lynn Simpson, Mark and Melissa Bourgeois. I mean, I can think about Jim and Donna Henderson. Yeah. You know, people, uh, point is, you guys, uh, there's some people that could come alongside you. Yes, and I'd appreciate that because yeah. one of the big things that I've noticed over uh, 2020, uh, January, I went to, to March for Life in DC to sort of as a fact finding mission and exploratory mission to see if this was a need, like within even just the pro-life community. And remember, I have like connections to the ACLJ still now. And I, um, ended up actually at the save the stork ball that year too. And I was six months pregnant. Uh, I was um, supposed to be at that, you know? That? Oh yeah, that's crazy. So, um, you know, I, uh, one of the big takeaways from that is I, I really have been in all of these organizations over the years, but I've not been on the front end of it. Yeah. I've never been a face of yeah. it. Um, and some ways I think that's a really good thing, but also it was with it's a, it's the... It's a very they, scary thing. Yeah, yeah. But they also are like, who are you? <laughs> and why are you important? And, you know, yeah. um, and, and and it was a good lesson to, to understand too that what I'm leading with is... Um, from a place of experience, but I am a fresh face and I am new. And anybody that's within this heart yeah. that want to come along and be a part of it, I we're, we're filling a few more board uh, member spots. Um, I've been very purposeful with that. Um, we're trying to bring together a team for, for doing more professional filming and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, so that we can bring together these ideas. Right. Um, we also need more uh, scientists, philosophers. You know, we need more in our gauntlet than we already have. Right. So right now we're in a building phase. 
obviously with bringing more people on into the mission and yeah. really so any need anybody that's listening you know um go to dignitydefense.org and contact me um now if so. you go, and you'll have because you're digital marketing will you have like updates from like a, an email list or a way that you can yes. keep people up to date yeah 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 so um way? yeah there's a pop-up uh, that you can sign for the mailing list. Um, there's also a contact form that goes directly to me. Um, and then also, uh, this is, and coming from communications too, I understand it's very easy when to understand what an organization does when you go, okay, we're going to Haiti and we're giving them, we're giving them food. Like that's what your money is going directly towards. This one is a little bit different. My, my husband always told me about this, like, but what are you doing? (laughs) Like, where is the money going? Um, obviously the communications takes money, but also going to the halls of government actually influence taking experts. Like they cost money. Um, uh, so a lot of this money is going towards really just undergirding the validity of, of the organization. So people come at it and understand understand like this is authority it's trustworthy in the sense of yeah um and so really that's where the money goes yeah. towards you know yeah, it, and it's like people probably don't know because you, you don't know i don't know how chick-fil-a makes their sandwiches i, yeah, I just yeah. don't know i don't know what i don't know but people don't know that an expert um like they're they're actually trying to feed their families, right? They're not yeah, trying yeah. to. So it's not like they're for sale to the highest bidder. Yeah. But they're going to fly there. They're going to be in a hotel. Yes. They're going to be. Yeah. There's just costs involved with that that yeah. I wish didn't exist, but they're yeah. there. But yeah, the reality is yeah. the world costs money, and and that said, we're investing in that kind of uh, opportunities, and so. Uh, I would guess that as opportunities like that approach uh, or, or whatever come to the surface, like th- that'd be something you could find out on, uh, on an email list. Like if you, yeah, yeah. My, th- mm-hmm. my thought would be go there, sign up for the email list on the yeah. pop up so that Nicole can keep you up to date. She can keep you up to date on what's happening uh, on, on the initiatives that are coming up yep. uh, on ways that you also, because I'll say this that uh, people think, oh, I don't have any money, I can't donate, or I'm not an expert. Um, I, one of the things that I've seen, in, and I've seen it firsthand. The value that people have on their social media platforms is yes. actually real. Yes. Um, and you don't think about that. You just think I want to talk about what I had for lunch or take a yeah, picture yeah. of my dinner or whatever. But you actually have value to say to your friends, uh, you should check out Dignity Defense. Yeah. And honestly, those are, I, I got people freed from prison overseas with that right there. Like yeah. ju- just that power can and influence. S- can we say names? Can we? Uh, yeah. Saeed? Saeed, yeah. Can Saeed? we say Saeed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm, uh, Miriam Ibrahim was out of Sudan. Um, Pastor uh, yeah. Brunson's another campaign I'd done. I done. I did a lot over right. the years. So um, social media platform, people sharing yes, that stuff, it yeah. makes a difference. Yes. And I think that, um, I don't know, I, I know that people don't understand that totally. We just saw this last week with Afghanistan. Um, but, but here's what I would say is this. Um, if you're on the email list, okay, mm-hmm. um, you can find out from her like what's coming up and... Uh, and are you are you on social, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dignity yeah. Defense. Yeah, I have Dignity Defense, but most everything's going through like my personal handle, okay. which is at Nicole M Y Smith. Pretty much any platform I'm on. Okay. Yeah. And is in Nancy. M as in Michelle. Got it. Yeah, and then Y is my middle my my maiden name. Okay. It's really hard to get a handle for a Smith. I'm just saying. Yeah. There's you, creativity <laughs> that has to be poured into yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was actually pretty good. Yeah, Nicole Smith. Um, and but for sure, if you're on that email list, uh, and then open those when they come your way, uh, you can know because the idea that we can't do anything um, is not true. Yeah, absolutely. it's just not accurate. And and the answer that uh, that we're doing something, but it's just too small. That's also not true. No, enough small people, small posts, small whatever yeah. come together. So um, as as that stuff is happening, Nicole will keep you guys posted on it. Yeah, uh, we'll keep you posted here. And uh, you know, my hope is that um, again, this is what we were talking about. This is the the Josephs uh, in the Judah generation, the, the the young men and women rising up with a voice of courage, speaking against. Um, uh, the, the nonsense of, uh, of what we're hearing in our culture right now. Yeah. And so if you're an, an older person, one of the ways you can be a part of that is supporting the younger person. And as someone who has, uh, again, started a nonprofit, those things do not pay for themselves. So there is a way to donate on her website. Um, and I would strongly encourage you to consider that. And we'll, of course, keep you updated from Conduit side on how we can get involved as initiatives are, are coming forward and would hope that um, 
uh, I don't know. I'm excited. Like uh, five, ten years from now, I mean, who knows? Like li- li- literally, we're sitting in a building right now uh, where we're recording this podcast, and I assure you, ten years ago, yeah, none of this was on my radar. Like, cause yeah. I just didn't know. We just took the next step of faith, and then we just did the next right thing. And so, uh, in ten years, it'll be. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with dignity defense in, in ten years, and see what policies have changed to see what uh, lives have been saved. Amen. And, um, and we get to be a part of that because maybe, again, maybe we don't change the law, no. but man, how many lives could we save right here in our own country? Yeah, um, That's exciting. So, hey, thank you for, this is going to be doing it for our Deeper this week. Nicole, thanks yeah. for being with us. We really yeah. appreciate you guys appreciate you uh, having me on. coming over here. Are the kids at school right now? Like, what do you got? I didn't um, even ask you that. Yeah. Uh, oldest is at school and the youngest is with my husband. Uh, he, he got off work just a... What a hero. Yes, I know. Hero of the day. Uh, yeah. Um, so we... Uh, we'll, so if you're in the, in the Nashville area, by the way, uh, we're still meeting Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. Um, we've been having... God's just been doing amazing things in our gathering. So if you're around... Uh, we'd love you to be with us uh, at, uh, at our live gatherings. And, of course, those conduitchurch.com is where our live stream is. And uh, it's weird. We have people actually that listen from other states and countries. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm a, like I got my televangelist starter kit yeah, going on go. here. Yeah, I just got to get my hair. <laughs> but, uh, but if you can uh, check online, too, you know, we're going to be there. Um, and by the way, for those of you that have uh, that have donated for helping us um, with uh, getting people out of Afghanistan, there's a couple of uh, operations happening right now with people nice. that may be getting across the border even right now. Uh, and your your donations have been so radically helpful in taking care of those refugees that are already across the border. And uh, I literally before I came on this broadcast, one more like uh, one more family went free uh, today. Oh, wow. um, I, I've lost count. I think it's 135. Maybe it's 100. 36 families that have been freed. Uh, so thank you guys. Your, your generous donations at Conduit, you guys are blowing all of our minds. Like you you guys trusting us to be the conduit of your generosity is just a huge gift. So thank you for that. Uh, if you see Mo around town, if you're in the Nashville area, uh, give him a high five. Uh, give him uh, maybe a gift card for a free food because he's going to be starving because his wife is going to be starving him at home and making him <laughs> do jumping jacks and stuff. So you can maybe feed him some uh, bread under the door. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Um, and hey, if you made it this far, would you mind um, throwing reviews and stuff on our own stuff? It helps. It does help us to get found by others. That sounds so desperate to ask for that. But yeah. uh, but it's helpful <laughs> if, if we get it's reviews. It literally yeah. helps us. So thank you guys for that. And we will see you uh, next week. Bye.